Good morning. It's September 14th. Time for another episode of Spooktember, a daily Halloween prep podcast brought to you by somebody who didn't really get to enjoy Halloween last year, but I'm sure as heck enjoying it this year. I'm coming to you live from the day before. I'm actually being a little cheeky and recording this on the night of the 13th. And I'm rocking my first ever tattoo, which was procured at a Friday the 13th special event at a local tattoo parlor that was having a grand reopening. And now I have a little ghost with a 13 over his head in Roman numerals. It's awesome. And actually, still kind of painful. But uh, to continue the Halloween goodness going, let's have a special guest host on to talk about a very special Halloween special movie. I've said the word special way too many times. Also, fair warning, there's a little bit of swearing in this episode not a lot but a little bit so again if that's a thing uh maybe don't listen so yeah uh let's get things started with whitney johnson i will cut to us recording in the past i'll see you on the other side we're here to talk about something buck wild we sure are hi gavin thanks for having me what what is this <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a nonsense nightmare and it is a goddamn weird ass delight. It's great, <laughs> and that's saying something because Rankin Bass is like the, the the Christmas ones alone are pretty weird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I just love we were talking about just how how weird those Christmas specials are, and uh, the interfacing of you know stop animation with some vaguely catchy but not always like super spot on musical numbers. Yeah, and then this one is just also a Mad Magazine sketch somehow. I don't know if I said this to you or to someone else, but there's like a direct correlation between quality of music and lack of quality in the animation. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, you did text me that this morning. (laughs) This is also like so Mad Monster Party, which is the the actual title of the movie is Mad Monster Party. But like none of the DVD releases have the question mark in the title. This film is really weird in that it has almost no sound design. There's music, which is really good. The the background music, at least. And then there's musical numbers. There are... That are terrible. They're they're terrible. I skipped through the last two. Uh, They're so bad. Yeah, they're really bad. They're really, really long. This movie is so long. And it's It's weird because like... It's the most expensive kind of movie to make long. And it also stars Boris Karloff as a main character and Phyllis Diller, who is in it a lot. Yeah. Okay. Wait. So, like, let's rewind. Let's rewind briefly. So, like, basic, if you haven't heard of Mad Monster Party, um, it is the Halloween special slash apparently a feature film and not a TV special. But it is by Rankin and Bass, who has done all the beloved stop animation, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Year with a Santa Claus, all those things like the Heatmeister song, which is now stuck in my head, which is fine. Um, Like, it's their classic. It was done a couple years after Rudolph, and they were like, well, now what do we do? Like, we've reached our pinnacle, and we've also, like, hella saturated christmas like we've rung every christmas story we've done 15 million what other you know what holiday have we not done yet and they were like halloween obviously mm-hmm. and like so rankin and bass is like this fun stop animation kind of very round and friendly style of animation and movement like it's very childish and very simple and then they're like let's do a halloween thing except we're going to get literally every We're going to reference every single horror character we can find. And we're only going to cast four people for the entire cast. It's going to be Phyllis (laughs) Diller, who half of her lines are her laughing. 
Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of her uh, laughing. Gail Garnett, who the internet tells me was a Grammy award-winning singer, winning singer at the time, which she's kind of vampy. I kind of like her. Boris Karloff, who this was right yeah. off of him doing The Grinch, where he was like really tired of being cast in his stereotypical horror role. And he's like, let's do stuff for the kids. And they're yeah. like, how's this? Then- We're going to name him Boris Frankenstein. Your little puppet is going to look exactly like you and you can make fun of the entire horror genre. And he was like, done. I'm in. He like he, he does, does a really good job too. Like yeah. his character is okay, the strongest of the movie. Then the only other voice actor in the entire freaking film is Alan Swift, who I counted it. He does fifteen he characters. <laughs> and like, they all sound different. Like I just want to crack open his brain and have him tell me how he does it. Like fifteen characters, but that tells you how like jam packed this movie is because I'm like. He plays... Okay, so basically, the idea is you've got Boris Karloff. It also makes... You have just solved something that I wasn't paying attention to any of the credits. I only just now opened the Wikipedia. But the whole movie, I'm like, these are all just such... They are. Phony baloney impression voices. Like, why isn't anyone... It's because he has to do impression voices because he's got 15 of them to do. Well, and also, this is... It's a Mad Magazine sketch, right? So, like, the the plot for this is super thin. The plot is you've got Boris Karloff as Boris Frankenstein, who is the head of the Worldwide Organization of Monsters. He's evil. They're all evil. There's no, like, dimension to any of these. They're all just evil. (laughs) Ah, ha, ha. Like... This movie is going to sound shockingly <laughs> like Hotel Transylvania if like the um, first which half. I still haven't seen. That's on my like <laughs> that's that's on my list. Well, here's but the yeah, spoiler. Basic- Everyone doesn't <laughs> die in <laughs> Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> you ruined everything, Gavin. <laughs> um <laughs> now I'm not gonna watch it. No, um so basically like he's the head of this like international like evil organization and he has decided that he's going to retire and he's going to pass all of his secrets on to his Air. And so he invites all of his monster friends and colleagues for their conference on his secret island in the Caribbean to like talk about this. And then also invites his like super asthmatic, nerdy nephew who doesn't know anything about any of this. And he's like a bumbling, you know, idiot. Yeah, yeah. Much. He's also just a Jimmy Stewart that's impression. That's exactly what he is. That's that's, that's all, all he, he is. is. That's- and he looks like he's 12, so it doesn't fit. Yeah, it's. There were choices made. Um, and basically, <laughs> this whole <laughs> this whole thing is like, I'm going to announce at dinner, I'm retiring. I have a secret. It is the ultimate weapon, but I will only reveal it to my heir, who I will, will reveal tomorrow. Like, obviously, he has to know that they're going to go all Hunger Games, right? Like, like that, and that's obviously what happens. So basically, yeah. it's, and it's all this very campy Which hijinks is very fun. of like, nothing. None of this is surprising or new. But it is very silly. And I think that's my favorite thing about it is that it leans into like the goofiness and the camp that can be horror. And I feel like that's where it's the most successful. So I want well, go on. No, I just want to run down the cast list after this. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, do, run, run down the cast list. Like it's just I just I love that it, it leans into that sort of camp and that like it never takes itself super seriously. And and that is it's spotty, right? It's it, that's successful and not successful at different points, I think, depending on on where you are in the script. Um, but we can talk about that in a second, because, like I said, it's a mad magazine sketch completely made up character felix you've got boris yeah. uh boris von frankenstein who is just the joke is everyone in the frankenstein legacy has the abilities of or the intelligence of uh uh victor the original so yeah 
In addition, you have Yetch, who is just Igor. I feel like they had problems calling that character Igor. Uh, well, Swift, uh, that's half of them, right? Like half of them couldn't actually call their name because yeah. of copyright. Swift is actually, he's doing a Peter Lorre impression because it's Igor. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you've got Count Dracula, who's, puff, who's public domain. You've got Frankenstein's monster, who's called Fang by Phyllis Diller, who is the bride Do of you Frankenstein. Know why it's called, he's called Fang? Why? Because that's what Phyllis Diller called her husband in all of her stand-up sketches. <laughs> uh, reference on reference on reference. It's, it's turtles all the way down. You've got oh, yeah. Werewolf, which, fine. Uh, Quasimodo from The Hunchback of... They just call him The Hunchback of Notre Dame. He's in this movie 30 seconds, I think. Um, yeah, the he carries Man. the mummy in. That's his play. That's his yeah, whole thing. Yeah, he's like... Him and the mummy are just kind of there. Um yeah. Invisible Man. Just to round out the cast. The Invisible Man is my favorite of this of this crew. Oh, his his whole oh. thing is awesome. Uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, who are also kind of cool. Um, a made up monster called It, which is obviously they wanted King Kong, but they couldn't call him King Kong, so they just call him mm-hmm. It. Uh, there's like skeletons that are, are all one person, one character basically. Uh, there's Chef Mafia Machiavelli. He's an Italian. <laughs> Uh, we got Mr. And all Cronkite. of his recipes are made with poison. Ah, it's all ah. it's all the monster things. Ah. Uh, Mr. Cronkite, which is the least clever reference in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like the boss of the kid. And then freighter captain, first mate, and mailman. The mailman <laughs> who talks to the camera. Yeah. Yeah, he, he breaks the fourth wall. He pr- there's a lot of fourth wall breaking in this movie. Yeah. So you mentioned this is a Mad Magazine. There's a lot of Mad Magazine yeah. skits in this. Yeah. Um, I think that's best evidenced by the night, the first night in the castle, where mm. it's just a string of jokes about different monsters rooming with each other and not being able to sleep because one of them is making noise. Yeah. Yeah. And I it mean, let's be real. Let's, let's forefront this with the fact that this is a Rankin and Bass movie. It is yeah. produced, directed by the Rankin and Bass crew. But what they did is they tapped the Mad Magazine founder, editor and cartoonist Harvey Kurtzman to write the screenplay and got one of their lead staff artists, um, Jack Davis, to design all the characters and the sets. So this was very much a, a true marriage between Mad Magazine and Rankin and Bass. Yeah. And so, like, it really is set up to be just an extended thing of, of magic. So most of the humor is referential. Um, if you don't know stuff at the time, you got to look it up. Some of it's, you know, it, it's very punny and very much yeah. like the characters sort of go do their pause and are like, that was funny. Did you get it? We're moving on. <laughs> and there's there's breaks for applause. Exactly. And, you know, and it is for a Rankin and Bass movie. It's on the more risque side. Um. Oh yeah, there's like a whole like the 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 balcony sequence oh, yeah. with Dracula and Francesca yeah. where it they wanted to set up a blood drinking joke, so it starts off with her saying like you've had too much to drink and he's like not enough of what I like. Like Yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> it's like It's very sexual. It's very sexual. And then there's the whole thing where um Yetch is the Igor character is like madly in love with Francesca and like won't yeah, leave her alone that's... and it gets so mm-hmm. drawn out and uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think that first night, it's just it's it's reference on reference and corny pun on corny pun for each of the characters. One to be like, isn't that funny? But yeah, that sequence on like everybody's snoring. Um, and yeah. then the sequence later. So basically, it comes out that um, Francesca tells Dracula that um, 
she knows that Felix is the heir and the rest of them are going to get bupkis. And everyone's like, screw that scrawny guy. Like, she's like, let's get rid of him. I'll be his heir and I'll share my secrets with you. And Narakio's like, absolutely with you, babe. And then aside being like, absolutely not. I'll get rid of her and then I'll have everything because I'm <laughs> evil. Ah, ah, ah. Also, Phyllis Diller over here. I'm just going to call her Phyllis Diller because it's Phyllis, It's just Phyllis Diller. Yeah, she she is. I mean, she looks like Phyllis Diller. Like the, her, she sculpted that is just Phyllis Diller. It legit sounds like they had her mm-hmm. for a day in a booth and she was just going <laughs> and they used whatever they could out of it. Uh, she overhears them. This causes a fight between Fang and her and Dracula and Francesca. Nothing comes of it. Um and they just unite yeah. later in the movie. But <laughs> we get a lot of Francesca, this this completely unique character to the movie. Like her and uh, uh Felix, yeah. Felix. Her and Felix are like the people characters. The DVD the various home video and DVD covers for this are like, here's all the monsters, and then on a separate part. Here's the human looking woman and the human dude. So you can kind of like feel exactly. they're the stars Well, they the movie. are the lead romance. Uh, She's the very buxom, conventionally attractive, like femme fatale. Yeah. And she's just like, I'm going to get what I want, which I appreciate. The thing about this movie that gets me, it is, I watched, I'm just going to be completely honest about it. I ran out of, I ran out of time. I watched it on mm-hmm. YouTube, pirated. Uh, <laughs> some, some person whose logic makes no sense to me pirated the movie, chopped it into six minute segments, and then used an, uh, a file conversion software that put a ginormous watermark over the middle of the screen that just says to, to not have this watermark, <laughs> yeah. you buy the real thing. The whole movie. And I watched it like that. But the thing, even with that giant watermark, if you take a screenshot of 99% of this film, there are a few like shots of just mm-hmm. water or something ending a scene that, eh, but any shot of the models is oh my God, it's gorgeous. Beautiful. These are, I, I argue this movie has better atmosphere and visuals than all of the oh. Christmas Rudolph ones. Because I mean, if anything, it's because they've had more time to perfect their craft. But the actual animation is abysmal. It's so the frame rates vary. Basic things like a character walking from one side of screen to the other is super janky. But then every now and then something that takes way more effort and way more rigging is really smooth. Like there's one scene where the Invisible Man takes off his clothes to jump in the water. And like, that's really smooth. But Dracula just picking something the, the opening scene which is my fa- this is my favorite instance of a movie making me go well all right and this opening scene is uh mm-hmm. boris frankenstein he's got this vial of something he puts it on the table that from the the original 1930 frankenstein that boris karloff was in he puts it on that table that goes up to the big lightning rig lightning strikes it it's glowing and then he takes a pin and puts it in the liquid and then pricks the foot of a crow with that pin. The crow flies out the window, lands on a tree branch and it cuts back to inside. So we can see over Frankenstein's shoulder to see where the tree was is now literal footage of a nuclear bomb going (laughs) off. Uh, Like they, they just superimpose live actions, Mm -hmm. which is a really cool idea because if you use, if you're doing stop motion, you can just use film because it will be the exact same frame rate. So you can just put film stills 
on the set, which I thought was a really cool idea. But like <laughs> this this liquid yeah. just makes stuff explode. And he's like, I found the secret to destroying matter. Okay, I'm done. It's basically what it is. It's a, it's a liquid nuclear bomb, right? And like he has reached the tie the tallest mountain of chemistry. Yeah, just nuclear explosions for everyone. Um, yeah, and it's just, I mean, you get that later, right? Like we already spoiled it a little bit, and you know, I'm I'm fine spoiling it. Um, but at the yeah, end, it, right? It, it's worth watching regardless. Oh, it definitely is. But like, go in with very low expectations because what what makes it grueling is you've got this pretty frankly like they, they clearly didn't put the money into doing a lot of animation for every single scene do it well yeah which means that like they have these long songs for no reason they aren't good and they're, they're always yeah the musical numbers with lyrics and they don't animate the dancing very well at all it's not interesting like okay the one where uh dracula is tap dancing that i was like all right you you got yeah. me for a little bit I see right, where you're but at. Like when but Phyllis like Diller, when Phyllis Diller <laughs> yeah, and the mummy are dancing. It's painful yeah. and it's forever. And I absolutely just like fast forwarded through it. It's like absolutely not. Not going to lie. This movie is 95 minutes long. long. If it was, if it was for, and this is, I know I say this is like a dig to a lot of movies, but if this movie was like 45 minutes long, I feel like they probably would have animated it mm-hmm. a lot smoother because they would have had more time. And it would have been tighter. And this probably would be the most, it would have been more tight. I think this would be up there. This wouldn't be on like top five most underrated mm-hmm. Halloween specials, you know? Like people would be like, oh, the Rankin Bass Halloween thing, Mad Monster Party, question mark. I love that movie. I got the yeah, Blu-ray release. Yeah, and that's release. the thing, right? It's one of, I can't remember how I found this, but it was only like five or six years ago because it came out in 67 and it was on for a little bit. I mean, it was a, it's a feature film release. And I think that was one of the things they were like, well, if we're going to like pair with Mad, we may as well make it big. But giving yeah. Mad that much space, like I, I, when I was thinking about this conversation, I was like, when was the last time I read a Mad Magazine? And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Where I consumed most of my Mad Magazine reading? Magazine. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, was actually in the in the waiting room for my orthodontist when I was like 14. Ah, there, there you go. Yeah. And like that very much, it feels that way. And, you know, Mad's... Mad Magazine's like segments, they're pretty short because they are sort of this quippy, quick, back and forth, back and forth. You punch as many punchlines as you can and references you can in, and that yeah. it tries to make up for structure and like actual intelligent humor, and that's fine. Such right? as, I have a perfect example. Oh, this is the shadow of Mad Magazine hangs heavy on Monster Party, Mad Monster Party, because of scenes like when Phyllis Diller and Francesca start fighting, this movie that has next to no sound effects starts overdubbing over the music because there's still music, starts overdubbing audio of cats fighting. Get it? Get it? Get it? (laughs) Not what? what? It's cat fights. Yeah. Women be shopping. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, uh, just so the pacing, it just feels like, I think it... Considering the strengths of the cartoonists and creators who were writing it, I think a shorter runtime would have given them less room to fill, which means they would have had to, frankly, do some weeding of their jokes. So some of the, the really yeah. like, one-off, you know, terrible ones that were in there because they're like, well, it needs to be feature film length, would have been cut. That's, That's the, problem. the problem. And they also, 
it's structured actually i want to say it's structured like they knew it was going to be aired on television because there's a lot of scenes where like it'll fade out then fade back in on a completely different but i'm also recalling as a kid i watch a lot of jerry lewis like vehicles where the whole shtick was it's just here's jerry lewis and he's a bellhop and that's it and it's just a series of skits and that had the same vibe to it. And it was the, so that might have just been more of a 60s comedy mm-hmm. film thing. But it still is like you'll end a scene with the Igor knockoff getting like he called me a creep. So I'll creep along the floor and then it'll like fade out and fade back him into him walking up a stairwell exactly. to go do something like that skit where he puts all the zombies in the <laughs> airplanes yeah. for just just to set up that the airplanes exist, even though the movie does that again yeah. later. He just needed a scene where we have some slapstick comedy. I There's one thing I really mm-hmm. want to lean on besides the visuals. The visuals are fantastic, but one thing I really want to lean on with this movie, the music that doesn't have so lyrics good. is so of the late it's 60s. It's just like, oh man, the, the opening song, the title song is so good. Yeah. You could put that over a if you, if, if there was like a, a a Bond movie. It's a Bond movie theme song. If you picked one, I was about to say, if you took footage of a Bond movie that someone hadn't seen, especially like a Sean Connery one, and laid that music over without telling them that it's from Mad Monster Party, they would be like, "That's a Bond yeah, movie." Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> that has the soundtrack. It's just like a lot of wow, 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 <laughs> like a lot of horns, a lot of. A lot of sex a lot of the jazz beats. I'm going not gonna on. lie. It's... My one of my favorite segments in the entire thing, even though it has the like, I just close my eyes so I don't have to watch the dancing. But I love tibia and the fibias. Like the fact that you've got like yeah. four skeletons doing like a, a 60s mod band with like the same monkey's haircut rocking out. Like that song's solid. The dancing, not so much. But like. That song is solid. Were it a Scooby-Doo cartoon, it would be like oh my God, a yes. set piece of the movie. But like, and again, like, I think the thing that like, it's a pastiche of the different horror films, right? It's just a pastiche of references, not even just horror films, right? Like, obviously there's parts of King Kong. There's references to The Wizard of Oz, to some like it hot, um, Alfred Hitchcock, right? With the crows and a couple others. Like, this is very much people yeah. who are almost writing a like first draft of a love letter to horror and creepy things. And then we're just like, mm-hmm. but let's make it silly. And it's like, there are some places where the camp works. I actually like kind of love that the in the last, yeah. like, so at the end, you know, uh, Boris Frankenstein is like, well, I'm going to save my nephew. And, you know, he's got Francesca out. It, King Kong, has all the monsters in his hand. And he's upset because he didn't get invited. It's very Maleficent, right? Like, I didn't get invited to this conclave because, you yeah. know. He's giant and has an anger problem, and it was a very delicate situation. Frankenstein has a good argument, though. He's like, I've, I invited him to the last one, and all he did yeah. was run around crushing fours in yeah. his hands. Like maybe, maybe, maybe like, that's, a, that's a valid reason. Um, but like, basically, Frankenstein's like, I will sacrifice myself and all these people. And he drops his entire vial, which we know that one drop causes a nuclear explosion, a small one. <laughs> he and deletes the island. He just obliterates the island, but what I love is you get Again, live footage of a nuclear explosion with the comic book Kaboom coming out of it. Oh, I didn't talk about that. Yes. And then it goes into like all these like almost, I think it's like firework explosions. And it's just an absurd sequence. And it's also just delightful. Like it's it's so corny. It's so ironic. It doesn't take itself seriously in a in a good way. Right? Like 
listener, if you are at all interested from what we said so far, the title sequence is on YouTube. And it's not like in the bad pirated version. The title sequence, which has the credits where it'll be like um, the Wolfman and then like a little a, di- a little Batman sound effect will pop up next to the name. It'll be like a person literally saying, Zow. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I love it. Starring Dracula. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so silly. Also, can I say I find it deeply hilarious that not only is that credit se- that title song sequence is that the only place where the question mark ever ever appears ever question mark? <laughs> Mad yeah. Monster Party party but also is it a party? Uh, Alan Swift who you know does the bulk of the voices his name is misspelled yeah. in the credits it is indeed um, <laughs> which shows how sloppy it's this just, movie is uh, it's a hot mess <laughs> Like, absolutely, I would go in and be like, if you are of age and you drink, make this a drinking game. It, You know what? That That is totally that is totally fair. I was going to say this is a great movie to have oh, on yeah. at a party because you can just tune out. Like, they take everyone takes a freighter to get to the <laughs> island, and then they have to have the montage of, here's how all the different individual monsters get from the boat to the island. And the one for Dracula is it cuts to his cabin. He looks at the camera and goes, they'll show you who the real Batman is. And then he, <laughs> or no, <laughs> I'll show you the original Batman. And then he just turns into a bat and flies to the island. You're like, get it? because this is the exact same time that the original Batman show was on air. (laughs) Right, and like it's funny because you know that Batman exists, but it's funnier in its time. And there were, I can't remember exactly, but there are a couple, there are a couple jokes that I had to go back and be like, qua? Just because it's so self-referential of that era. And that's, I think, where that that Mad Magazine um, humor sort of falls down. It's cheap, cheap and, and it's just sort of like, it's a reference, right? It's like if we were going to make a joke about Cardi B or Kardashians, Kardashians or whatever, like, we wouldn't necessarily get that. Like, it wasn't until I started, like, doing some research and, like, looking at the history of this is that's how, I mean, that's how I knew that that's how Phyllis Diller called her husband Fang, right? People of that era who love this type yeah. of thing would know that. But me, who was born years after, a couple decades after this came out, <laughs> did not. <laughs> also, like, I love Phyllis Diller. But I'm very tired of her laugh now. Like, I'm not sure why. Yeah, they, yeah. I'm really not sure why they cast her other than to try to get people to be like, oh, it's a Phyllis Diller movie. Oh, Phyllis Diller's in the movie. She has like 5% of the poster. Like, I'm looking at the poster and it's a huge mm-hmm. ensemble of all the characters drawn out. And they look nothing like they do in the movie. But at the very bottom, there's big red text. Yeah. Phyllis Diller. <laughs> it's the same size. Almost as the font of the title. Uh, it's kind of like she's like she is too mo- mad monster party as Robin Williams <laughs> is to Aladdin. It's like between her and Boris Karloff, right? Like that's What's really it. weird. But I think they really pushed her. I mean, that was her yeah. heyday at the end of his. They pushed her. It's also we like there's one. It keeps feeling like they they yes. cut stuff because there'll be shots where characters are awkwardly not saying anything and it feels like there was supposed to be something there in the script when they were blocking it and then they cut the line so they just didn't didn't animate the characters saying anything uh there's a lot of silence with just music in this movie and i mean i will say this there are only like two shots i could find where a character was saying something and there was just (laughs) no mouth movement whatsoever i mean they're mostly good at what they do yeah 
I think this is near the end of like them trying to be like, we have Animagic stop motion animation and it's really good. The problem being Animagic for Rankin and Bass was basically just making uh, a Thunderbirds marionette, but it's an action figure. They just move the mouth on. So like when the wolf man howls, he just opens his mouth because they they're not like fashioning. Okay, but unique let's be real. His shapes. mouth is open the entire the mouth time. Up and, up and down. Like, yeah, that's the other thing. He just kind of like half open the whole movie. His character is just him being like, nah. and then it opens slightly more. <laughs> like that's in my head. Like there's music or whatever, but in my in my brain looking at it, like the only thing I can think of is is the wolf man. He must be just sitting there being like, nah, nah. Also, I feel like to end this, we need to talk about the unexpectedly oh. yeah, dark Yeah, which again, feels ending. very Mad Magazine and like not Mad Magazine tempered by like the lightness and absurdity of Rankin and Bass. It just like very suddenly went boom. It's, it goes real Twilight Zone real fast. Yeah, yeah, it does. In the words of a YouTube comment on the pirated version, which is the only one of the like 13 parts that has any actual comments, someone went, Great movie, but what? But it feels like John Carpenter directed that last scene. What was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, listeners, again, we're just gonna spoil this because it's thin and weird. But like, so you've got the the island has been obliterated. The monsters now no longer exist, and they are in shock. Uh, Felix and uh, crap, what's her name? Francesca. Francesca. Oh, that's nice and alliterative. Um, yeah, are sitting right. there, like declaring their love for each other because at some point in the last 24 hours, she went from wanting to kill him to falling in love with him because that's how movies work. That, that's how movies work. And um, he's like, we're going to get married and we'll have lots of babies. And then she starts crying. And like, turns out she's a automaton that uh boris frankenstein built as his like grand creation and he's like that's okay i love you anyway we can't all be perfect 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 and lo and behold who there are our hero who we thought was a lowly human like ourselves is somehow also a robot which is just i must stress (laughs) it's so weird and the joke isn't just he's a robot too the 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 bit is he's a robot too. Camera Dolly's back, or actually can't Crane's back, Crane's back because it goes like up and out, and then fades to black, and that's it. You never no, see anything. We don't else. know what happens. They're in the middle of the ocean on a frankly kick-ass like dragon motorboat thing. It looks oh, like yeah. something from Disney. That can talk. Yeah. It's like it's Zelda. Amazing. I love it so much. Like that's my favorite thing. But like. How much gas do you have? You're in the middle of the ocean. This is a, like, <laughs> and now your 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 pilot, and like I guess a new love of your life is malfunctioning, and you've just found out you're both robots. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? What? Well, because like, it's set up as yeah. a sex joke. Because it, 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 he's like, well, 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 well Clarence, we're we're gonna we're gonna go back home, and I've only got a small mm-hmm. apartment, but well, 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 we can start having kids, and we'll get married. And she's like, I can't marry you. And the joke is, he's not getting it. Yeah. And he's like, well I, well, well, I can't keep dating you if we're not gonna get married because I want to have yeah. sex. We, we can't. And that's when the robot thing happens. So anyone who's been watching this movie would just think, oh, so it's gonna cut to them like married with kids and they've got like 
they're eating batteries <laughs> yeah. or something yeah. like that's going to be the joke or like that in ends the, end, the movie and then it's yeah, just it Twilight just Zone and like you think like okay cool they're gonna like any Rankin and Bass thing they sort of have like in the like end title sequence they are gonna have like a little uh, epilogue thing where like you see her him turning into like a great scientist like his you know uncle slash father actually and like he's you know tinkering and like fixing because she mentions how like she doesn't have a heart and only a spring she doesn't have lungs they're only pumps her she has no like elbows they're just sad metal joints that will rust like you think okay maybe their like love language will be learning how to work on each other and like you see him like spiffing her up and yeah doing all like the the electronic work or whatever no 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 nothing just black there's just nope there's no hope we're done. It's like, what? <laughs> Someone animating it checked their watch and they're like, wait, hang on. Um, we're out of stills. Yeah. Uh, yeah, movie pretty over. Much. Yeah. It's, this is, is it, it is such a, I'm, I'm so glad and, that you came on this journey with me. <laughs> I just wish I had known about this like three months ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a behind the scenes documentary. There's. Oh, really? Oh, I need to see yeah, that. Yeah, actually, uh, it, that's also on YouTube. I'll send you a link to that. But Good. like there is a documentary that. I think it has an interview with Alan Swift. Swift, Swift, Swift is his yeah, name, Swift. right? Yeah. Uh, there's an interview with 90% of the voices in the movie. <laughs> and like a couple of people worked on it. And one guy whose title is Rankin and Baz Historian, which, cool job. Uh, what? There's like behind the scenes stuff on this movie I really want to consume now. Uh, this is, I don't know if this is going to be a yearly thing for me, but when I encounter people who have not seen it, I'll at least be like, let's watch the first half. Because the first half is great. Once they have the big food fight, things really trail off because then it just becomes a, uh, it just becomes a long thing about, well, um, Felix is about to die and he has to be brave now. Yeah. And he really wants to save Francesca. Yeah, and yeah, I agree. Like the food fight is probably horny for Francesca. Everyone is horny for Francesca, and like that gets old. That gets so old. Like, yes, she's got the perfect body and she's brilliant, but like, okay, I'm bored now. You know? Yeah, there's like that food fight is there's a bit where she punches she punches the Igor character, and as he's flying through the air, the the cut the joke to cut out on is, she sweeps me off my feet. Like, yeah, it doesn't. It it didn't age well. No. But that's the thing, right? It's like that food fight is so good. It sort of like sets up like it's good slapstick. And like the rest, it, it's not good slapstick. It's just not. And I, I do like the fact that like they have the traps that they set up because they're all trying to get rid of Felix. And then they'll, you know, work on getting rid of each other. But he's the he's the weakest link. Let's yeah. get him out first and we can work together for it. And it's so very what we're used to. You know, it's it's that. You know what you know what these what these traps look like. That's familiar, and it's kind of they're inevitably foiled by him. You know, tying his shoe or doing something silly. Like he has yeah. no idea it exists, and that is such an iconic and sort of thing that it, that's still delightful, even though we've seen it a billion different times. But it goes on for too long. You can do that. You can. I think you could do up to like three or four traps but it goes long longer than there's that. also just the musical sequences there's one musical sequence where like it's the big reveal where boris is like hey kid like i'm in charge of all monsters period and i also make a lot of them <laughs> it's time for you to recognize that you have a lot of uh innate talent that you need to address and then a musical sequence starts 
And we see all these little oh, monsters God. that were this a newer movie, I would say, oh, oh, toys. Like these are the minions. These are going to be the things they make tons of toys out of. These little cute monsters show up. They are the ones singing for most of the song. They then disappear into a TV screen and are never seen for the rest of the movie. There is no merchandise of them. And I'm looking up like copyright infringing stuff on yeah. T public and right now and i can't find anything that's not just the main and characters frankly, of the movie those monsters no are not remembered. it's the best music sequence of the entire movie that song yep. is like pure rankin and bass that is it's just purely it feels like the island of misfit toys like that's sort of like that's the style of movement yeah. and the style of characters and the way that the, the the song feels and you're like oh i remember this this is what i'm here for and then it just sort of goes and they disappear into the screen one how two where did you go and three ne- we never see them again and then that sort of whimsy sort of stops and then the rest of the movie drags it is a cult classic they re-released the DVD. Yeah, they so I guess it came out in 67. It didn't get as much traction as the rest. Um, it had a couple cassette, like v, like VHS releases. And then in 2000, it came out on DVD. And that's the last time it was released. So, I Oh, wait, no, there's a Blu-ray. Oh, is there a Blu-ray now? Oh, look I at joked that. about it, but the, in, oh in the God. wiki, it says there was a Blu-ray release in 2012. <laughs> oh, in 2012. Okay, so, you know, it's one of those things where when I first got introduced to it, it was a friend who said, you know, have you seen this? We don't know. I, I know that you own literally every other holiday that they made, and it's true. I have their entire library. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it. I freaking love them. Um, but I hadn't heard yeah. of this one, and, and they were like, yeah. My uncle had a VHS of it, and I just found it, you know, in a bin at Walmart. Let's watch it. And I was like, my life has forever changed. (laughs) (laughs) So. Yeah, actually, the the Walmart version is just a DVD (laughs) Blu-ray combo pack. But yeah, so. That, That is awesome. Well, Whitney, thank you so much for bringing this into my life. You are so welcome. And, you know, let's go listen to that title sequence again to uh, erase (laughs) the rest of it from our brains. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that'll about do for today. Thank you so much again to Whitney Johnson for coming on the show. Whitney is amazing. And this movie was just a wonderful experience. If you would like to follow Whitney in her various adventures, voice acting in such shows as Kalila Stormfire, Take the Mass Pike, and Nuclear Solution, you can follow Whitney on Twitter at E-D-I-T-R-I-X-W. I'll have that in the show notes and everything. And if you haven't subscribed to Spooktember just yet, you have a few days left in September to join in on the fun as we do it. Uh, at SpooktemberPod on Twitter, at SpooktemberPod on Instagram, and you can search Spooktember on any podcasting app that you prefer, be it Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, whatever floats your podcasting boat, and follow the show there. Your subscription really helps. Uh, Until next time, I hope you'll keep it real, keep it scary.